0: Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining us today with me this week. Of course, is Mr. Matt Patrick. Matt, welcome. What's up, buddy?
1: Uh, doing well, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. It's
0: part of the rotation. Your name came up, so you get to speak into a microphone this week. I love it. Congratulations.
1: Everybody loves to hear me speak, I'm sure.
0: You know what? We get a lot of fan mail uh, where people are asking for your autograph, they want pictures. Big, you start I to get
1: noticed been, out in public. Big deal.
0: Welcome to the One Step Better podcast designed for business owners and leadership teams who love tackling the challenges of growing their business head-on. Each week, we discuss the problems, triumphs, and day-to-day experiences we are facing as business leaders. Let's jump right in. This week, we're going to talk, we're kind of continuing through the discussion that we've been talking about here over the past couple weeks uh, in that whole hiring employees and trying to find a a competitive advantage, if you will, when it comes to, uh, you know, making a fun place to work for employees Um, in that we've talked, you know, some other episodes on this before, but, you know, having remote employees has really changed the game for a lot of, a lot of companies um, from the standpoint of it's more in vogue now to have employees that are working for you, but not physically located where you're at or maybe in the same office building or even in the same town state. It's more in vogue, but it's also, um, there's been a lot of technology that has been thrown at this. There's, you know, full companies that are centered upon providing solutions to, ha- mm-hmm. to equip remote workforces. Um, you know, in the past, we've talked a lot about some of the things you have to be aware of from a, a compliance position, things of that nature with remote employees. So we don't want to jump too far into that. Um, but, you know, from our perspective, what we do really well is we help support the back office for a lot of companies uh, across the country. And we do that through the lens of accounting services, payroll services, you know, full, you know, employee workforce type solutions. Um, And so, you know, from, from some, from some perspective, we have a little bit of history here that I think lends itself to this conversation. Before we do that, I want to know when you were a kid growing up, who was somebody, whether it was an athlete, I don't know, movie star or somebody around the block, anybody in the world, who is somebody that you looked up to as a kid, or you wanted to
1: emulate? The first one I remember is George Brett. So um, that's the like he's the guy that che- that ran down the pitcher. Or, or you know, I mean he he was the Royals guy, right? Royals guy, yeah. Third baseman, Hall of Famer. Um, Nineteen eighty was when I was about sixish years old. The first time I remember really baseball, and he was trying to bat four hundred. So that's what I remember the most. And that's they impressive. were in the playoffs against the Yankees and stuff. And then um, eighty five against the Cardinals and. I uh, just kind of always wanted I played third base. I wore number five. It was all kind of stuff like that. It was that. all because of
0: him? Yep. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite players growing up was Daryl Strawberry. I liked him. You just spoke Ricky at my Ricky Henderson. High school. I liked him. Daryl
1: Strawberry was the chapel speaker at uh, my high school I went to at the FCA. Um, he is yeah. born-again Christian now, and him and his wife uh, spoke about all his struggles with oh, drugs FCA, and all yeah. that mm-hmm. yeah, He had Very a rough awesome. life.
0: He had a rough life.
1: Yeah, he grew up in the projects of uh, Tampa, uh, him and uh, Doc Gooden yeah. together, basically.
0: Oh man, back in the day.
1: Yep, um,
0: I liked you know from a like we talked about how yeah. X Men was my favorite uh, Saturday morning cartoon growing up. Wolverine was my favorite X Men, and so I always wanted to be Wolverine. Um, not a real life person, but that's who I wanted to yeah. wanted to be growing up.
1: On the in the in the comics, they talk about it, it's really painful. For the bones to come out, but in the movies it's like razor blade looking things where he's like bionic. Yeah. It's not the same, right? I
0: never read the comics. I have no yeah. idea. So you just know I them. only know from the cartoons and the movies. Okay. And so if the comics say something like Yeah. You yeah. Know, okay. Yeah. yeah then so Jack. That's all I know. And he can also sing and dance. Dude. So dude's super talented. <laughs> yeah. Who do you want to be when you grow up? I want Hugh to be Jack- uh, Hugh jackman. Uh, My wife Tom wants Brady. to go, um, she listens to this podcast and so she's gonna Use this against me, but my wife wants to go see Hugh Jackman in New York right now. Music Man, yeah, because he's a I, music. I want to go
1: see that too. So, um, yeah, well, I'll take your wife. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the high school too. We did. They did Music Man. our one of the my junior year. It was really good. I mean, we had a lot of talented people. I was not in it. I have no talent for music or yeah. any other uh, creative abilities. So no.
0: Yeah, but I did go. It's good to see. We did a good job acting on our podcast. So I feel like I know something. Maybe. <laughs> So. All right, let's jump into it. This episode of One Step Better is brought to you by Works, a team of payroll and HR experts who help businesses with outsourced HR, payroll, and human capital management solutions. Works is software and service, combining awesome people with the best technology to help you and your team get one step better every day. Check out our website, works.com, to explore more employer resources. Having remote employees has really changed the game for a lot of a lot of companies. You know, one of the struggles that I think people have a lot of times is if I hire somebody that's not, you know, sitting in a desk or a cubicle across from me, how do I even know that they're working? You know, and yep. how, how can I be certain that they're actually doing their job? And so today, I want to talk to you a little bit of when it comes specifically to those remote back office employees that are supporting a, a workforce that may be on site or they may be decentralized. What are some things to consider whenever we're bringing employees on in those positions, and what are some ways that we can hold them accountable? And I don't want to you know jump the shark too much, but make sure that they actually are working mm-hmm. um, yeah. instead of just you know twiddling their thumbs. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, Here's a fun, at least it was interesting to me, a fun story that that I heard. So I was listening to a podcast. I'm not going to name the podcast. um, But in that podcast, this is the first time I've ever been exposed to this. Uh, And it was after COVID started where everybody was kind of going to that remote model. And um, a guy was calling in asking for advice on something completely unrelated. But in the details of it, one of the things that he brought up is that he has about six different full-time jobs right now how in the world do you have six full-time jobs? Well, the answer was, I can do six full-time jobs because they don't know when I'm working or what I'm working on, and I can get six salaries from these six full-time jobs. And I never, up to that point, I never thought that a person may actually apply for and get multiple full-time jobs, but they're all remote. He's working from you know his home office and just jumps from one to the other based on need. That is scary to me to think that, you know what, we may have employees out there that are working full-time jobs, but are really only putting in a few hours a week. So when it comes to back office employees and and having remote folks, where do you as a business owner, as a leader, draw the line to say, you know what, this is what we're going to have as our policy for what we will allow and not allow. Is there certain positions in the back office that you say they have to be on site? Yeah. or others that could be remote. How do you even we navigate that with, world? We've
1: struggled that a little bit. I mean, uh, I, I the, my first went to sales, you know, we have people that are in the lead gen uh, business uh, trying to find us appointments to meet with new prospective clients. And I do find that that is a position that um, I think it matters when you're around somebody. It creates energy. You can hear call, what went well, what, you know, what didn't go well. I also think that um, it is one of those things where it would be easy to get distracted in that role at home, or it's it's not as, it's not easy just to keep hearing no every day, uh, every time you call. And so um, I think that's a role that we struggled with the idea of working people working remotely. On um, we also have administrative roles in our internal office for just the physical document movements of stuff coming into the office or out of the office. So think about it in terms of distribution, basically. Um, I find that role would be hard to outsource once we decide to do everything digitally, which we we could do if we force that upon our clients, but our clients still aren't there yet. Um, You know, I think about like this area FedEx has said, Hey, we're still going to work remotely forever. And that's their tax department for the corporate or their, you know, they may have administrative departments that are strictly uh, remote, but they do have physical things that people have to show up for that those people are not remote. So, um, it is one of the things I, I ha- I've struggled with that how where's the line on what how much to let them work from home or not I mean, I think we've done is just been kind of flexible with it Hey if you're going to have a planning day or you're going to be doing a lot of what I'd say is digital work and you're in that SDR seat today I I think we've had some times where like it's fine take a half day or full day work from home that's fine but the rise I want you to really as much as possible in the office you want the synergy that's going to be created by yeah having there's people so around much each other. there's so much energy energy and synergy that can happen with just being proximity um I think it's the same way in accounting a little bit we have remote people there um, we do a really good job of being intentional and and trying to make things connect but over here in conversations and be just a quick ask a quick question you're not spinning your wheels those things are important and I think it's something we have to um it's hard to know what the right answer is there is what I guess I'd say At what
0: point did you start to think that having, you know, a remote employee would be a
1: viable solution? We've had a remote employee now for nine years. So that started out of necessity. Um, We had an employee that was here, uh, Jen. She'd been here for three years. Husband gets a new job in Florida. We like her. We think she's really talented. It did change how we had to handle documents. So we'd always, before that, did after you know, after work scanning in our world, which would be we would turn the tax information into a digital work paper after we did the work. Well, that goes out the window when you're talking about um, having someone work remotely. We didn't want to ship documents down to them and worry about stuff getting lost. So it became a front-end scanning uh, process. It just made us rethink how we want to do that. There was some costs involved in that for us. We had to pay for that time to both scan everything on the front end, and you're also not getting the filter of what we need and what we don't need. So it has to scan everything. But you get the advantage of a legacy employee who's really good, who can still work with us, knows our systems, knows our processes, and um, has grown with us. I mean, so she was a a brand, you know, she just made manager, I think, when she left or was about to make manager, maybe it was senior. But, I mean, she's done great job of balancing that. She works part-time, non-tax season, and full-time during tax season. She works really odd hours. Um one of the things we did with that, though, is we paid her on production. So, we, we didn't care when or she worked or how she worked because it needed to be flexible for her, but we needed to make sure she was compensated for what she was doing. So, we, so we paid her on her production work and we give her the greater of that annually. So, she um, clocks in and clocks out on a weekly basis and we pay her that. And at the end of the year, we look at her production versus her time and we give her the check. She gets a nice check every year because <laughs> um, she's efficient. She does a good job with her clients. Um, and so, that works out well for everybody involved. But... Um, I think that some of the the workarounds would do to make that work best for us. Production pay fixes some of that, but not every role is eligible for production pay because it's hard to tie production yeah. to dollars, especially when you start to get into those back office roles. Correct. You know how how much is my you know internal accountant or my AP yeah. clerk or my correct you know AR, but you know what the tasks they have to get done are. So as long as those tasks are getting done and nothing's changing there, and you're measuring work getting done, I think that's probably a good way to think about it.
0: I find that if you if you have decent performance management um, processes or even a culture of accountability, that it is easier for business leaders to make a shift to allow remote employees. If you have poor accountability or poor performance management um, processes or none, it's going to be internally for that business leader it's hard for them to make that switch because their current performance management is I can look around my office and see who's here and it which is a false flag it's you know Correct. just because there I have many a stories where I've been in a job me myself where I was there and I was not there yeah I could think back over my working career and yeah. that's happened no doubt um, and me so too. physical presence does not mean that yeah. a person is performing but if you have solid you know if if I know, that, hey, you know what, I have 100 invoices a week, and my AP person is processing all 100 of those a week, whether they're in my building or not in my building, I, I can generally expect that, you know what, they're doing their job.
1: We have to still have the same accountability of, I, I don't want to have employees that don't trust. So if I don't trust you to work outside the office, I shouldn't trust you to work in my office. That yeah. shouldn't change. If I have to put proximity to that, that, that – Barrier of trust just got blew up and I that means I mean, they have a problem. Yeah. And it's usually tied to I don't trust that you're going to get the work done that you said you're getting done. I usually believe that you're going to until you stop doing it. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know how to manage that if I don't know what you're doing. And so that that becomes a challenge as an owner or, or any any leader or manager to to trust your team to know they're going to get the work done. And there's accountability to, Hey, this is your list of things getting done. You've agreed to this agreed upon list that you can get this done.
0: Get it done. Yeah, once you lose trust in your team, it's Correct. it's hard to. You're not gonna get back. Yeah, yeah, and and you don't have the time to just stand over their shoulder all days. You know, are you actually working? Yep. And if you had to do that, that's probably a good indication that that person is not right
1: for the role. I mean, we've talked about this in previous episode, the, the remote work team, how to make that work. I mean, it really starts with communication, and we we beat on it over and over again. But overly communicate creates clarity, keeps everybody in the loop. Um, I mean, we have annoying things that we do. I'm sure some people think are annoying. I, I need them. Um, you know, like if I ask you something and you're, and I want you to acknowledge that I saw that you saw it and that's just, we put a thumbs up into Slack or just how we communicate to make sure that it's a two-way channel. Everybody knows that everything on, is on the same page that, that creates a, I don't have to worry about chasing that down or thinking about that later. And, and that is something that I've talked about that I need and you're like, I don't need that I trust Mm -hmm. you're going to do it and I just like well that's fine I got nine of those things I'll forget that Mm -hmm. I'm like crap I didn't even follow up on that so you know so so
0: if I'm let's say I'm a home care company and I have a decentralized workforce already my employees my you know my caregivers Mm -hmm. uh, are going out to my customers maybe it's in you know or it's normally going to be in their home sometimes at at facilities Um, I already have a model here that supports not having a big centralized office absolutely Bringing on back office people um, can lend itself to that. Where do you think if, if I currently have all my remo- or, um, all my back office people inside of a, a building, but I'm you know wanting to think about the idea of letting some people maybe even just work from home, so, same city, let's, same let's place.
1: Say forced. Let's say it's forced upon you either through a pandemic. Where or- do you start? <sighs> do they have the dedicated workspace to do? Be productive from home. That's where I start. If they're trying to go home and they have three kids, they're trying to homeschool and work a full-time job and their spouse is working from home, I think that's going to be really challenging for somebody to work from home and be as productive as you want them to be. Um, that's what forced a lot of people in the pandemic to, I'd say, not be as productive as they could be is because, okay, I'm not the only one working from home. My kids are now at home and the, my spouse is working from home. And it's just, it's just hard to find dedicated, quiet workspace to get stuff done. Let's say that is true. I have a dedicated workspace. Then it's just making sure that we're connected communication-wise to make it as productive as possible. So, you know, how are you guys communicating internally? How are you setting up internal meetings when you need to have a pop-in meeting or a formal process? How do you measure and account for um, all your tasks getting completed? Like, how do you make sure you know what's assigned to whom? I mean, the physical movement of physical paper, if if you're still moving paper around, an office, which happens a lot with home health care, I'm assuming. Um, you know, just that whole process of making sure you're thinking through how the logistics of both paper and communications are going to travel through the office would be where I would really start. Technology yeah. fixes some of that stuff, but you gotta understand what your process yeah, yeah, is yeah, before yeah. you start putting it. Yeah, I mean, like technology. say it's okay, you, your time your care worker was out and they've they've entered stuff in the EMR, you know, in or your ERP system and they've captured their time there on site that process hits your computer at home, that's not going to make any difference. Hey, they're still filling out manual timesheets, and those physical timesheets are showing up in an office, and then they're somehow getting to you remotely. That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. So you really have to think through how that physical process is going to be done remotely. I would imagine in today's world, people have already started thinking through how to make that stuff digitally, because it's, it's been forced upon us if you weren't already there. But I'd be wanting to make sure that I have that as really things really dialed in and, and we go back to communications over and over again. I want to make sure I understand how we're communicating as a team. Like I, my phone Over systemat. and
0: over and over and over again.
1: Phones, you know, phones, slacks, team, Zoom, all that stuff has to be working. Everybody knows how to use it. It's super important.
0: Yeah. So, you you know, you talked about whenever Jen with us started going remote, the thing that you really had to, were forced to think through is we have deliverables that are coming to this mm-hmm. office or paper that's coming to this office. And Jen needs that stuff. Yep. And so what does that process look like to get that to her? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that, there's still a lot of people in that home care space that relies on the passing of paper. Yep. And it's coming from one one desk to the next desk to the next desk. And you really have to think, if I want to go remote in my back offices, I really have to think through how do I get these items from a sheet of paper on somebody's desk to my computer systems in a digital fashion. And
1: I would say that's not a remote problem that's, that's a business problem you should have that <laughs> you yeah. should have that figured out already yeah. right i mean that's not a that's not a problem i'm gonna have with if i'm having that problem remotely i'm having that problem in the office too people are out sick that day someone lost that piece of paper someone didn't come back to the office after they went to the appointment um, somebody keyed something wrong from the one document to the next all those things are going to cause problems yeah yeah
0: it's it i i agree that's a you know maybe a indicator of a bigger issue if you're still
1: and there's been, we have clients that are still that way. I mean yeah. we got a client right now going through that process of digitizing. They're going from type paper timesheets where it's a pool service company. They uh, they enter timesheets daily, they send them, bring them to the office, they annually man- manually enter them and manual invoice and they're switching over systems. It's a big yeah. endeavor for them, but like it's game changing
0: for yeah. them. Well, the, the biggest pushback I get whenever we're talking to home care people about the physical papers is compliance related um there's a lot of people out there that think that you know well cuz true to them they will have you know state auditor whoever come in at un, you know unannounced times and all right we're going to go through this they have the schedule stuff but they also have the random stuff and they think that i have to have that file cabinet that's in this office for them to be ready to 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 go at it and the reality is you have to have the information it doesn't have to cabinet, be it's digi- it's the physical file cabinet right. in the office is not the magic pill. It's having quick and easy access to the documents.
1: I mean, we've met with many clients over the years that still physically print out bank statements yeah. that they have access to so put them in a binder and they never open the binder again. And they are still doing that today. And it's just like, why, why, why are you doing yeah. that? Like download it and you have a PDF or yeah. well, likely most banks are giving you at least a couple of years now. You know, I would, you know, we, we save all of ours in PDF, but like the reality is like going to man,
0: you got to put it in that fireproof safe.
1: Fireproof safe. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs>
0: it's in the back of the closet. We
1: finally, we, finally, we had a safe at home that we, my parents had. And as part of the remodel work that we're doing now, A, it's broken. We don't know the combination. There's nothing in it. and like.
0: Are you sure there's I nothing in li- it?
1: Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I can't. It's open, but I can't set it because <laughs> I don't have the combination. And I can't move it. So the contractors had to like get some extra help, but they've wheeled it away to the. But I'm like, man, that safe was like four billion pounds. Yeah, like nothing in it though.
0: Whenever, I, whenever I bought the house that we're in right now, the previous owner had a big gun safe in the, one it's of like, the it closets comes with the house. <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, I'll make you a deal Night that gun safe because I do not want to move it." And you're like, "I'll give it. You can and give it to me." <laughs> I said, "I don't want your gun safe. Yeah. You can take it with you." Uh, and yeah, he ended up.
1: So uh, it's still in your house. No, it's oh. <laughs> it's. He did
0: take it. He did take it. But uh, I mean, it was it was big. So. You
1: know, I go back to the, the idea of this podcast, and it's the idea of, you know, remote back office and, and in-person workforce. The reality of this is, regardless of where your people are, yeah, you need to be thinking through your processes of how are you are communicating, are you creating clarity, and how are you holding people accountable? That can be done a lot of different ways, and physical proximity does not need to be... Yeah. One of the ways that those three things can be fixed. What I wrote down <laughs> in,
0: in, in my sheet of paper here is that systems, processes, communication, and clarity trump location. Correct. Location okay. is is great, but location, if you think about um, you know, how all this started, it was it was just normal. I had a office. I need people in that office to do the work. Well, if anything, today's world shows us that we don't necessarily have to have people in our office to do the work that I need, to, need them to do. However, if I don't have a good system and process and I'm not communicating clearly and uh, communicating often, then I'm hosed either way. Correct. Because the people in my office are going to struggle to know what to do just as much as if they weren't in my office. Maybe Correct. it's magnified, but it's still a struggle. And I think Fixed that's what, those things, location's not going to matter.
1: You know, that's one of the challenges right now. You know, we've looked at our office space. Our, you know, our, our space, We you know, we think we have a couple years till we're out of space with it, and I'm like going – do I need another big office? Do I need a bigger right. office? What's that look like? You know, what does the workforce look like as we go forward? The internet in general and technology has decentralized our need for service-based businesses or a lot of businesses in our services in- to not be physical proximity. Right. I'm going to shift gears just for a second. We're
0: not going to get too far down this rabbit hole, but um, we talk about this. And the reality is a conversation that you and I have a lot internally is we don't want to move to too great of a remote workforce. And so another thing that you have to consider is you might have the tools in place, and you may be able to do that from a systems and processes standpoint. That, in our world, we use kind of a hybrid approach. You have mm-hmm. some days at home same, so are remote, some days not remote the other thing that you have to consider there is how do people being together actually impact what you talked about earlier with uh, you know, using synergy of, yep, of team, yep, yep. how that is going to influence the greater organization. If I'm in a home care space where I'm already decentralized, that does not matter as much. If I'm in a space like we are where we do stay centralized and culture matters greatly here and teamwork matters greatly and being around each other matters greatly – then those things start to play into it. And so um, we're not suggesting that remote employees is the magic pill that's going to cure all back office evils, but it should be an option that you're willing to consider, especially here in today's world where you have the technology able to do it. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice and make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.